Welcome to Marin Costello Radio, where we have intentional conversations with impactful people. Your weekly dose of motivation, inspiration, and entrepreneurship. Join me as we explore the ins and outs of building and running a business, interview leaders across all industries, and find the common denominator beneath it all. Welcome to Marin Costello Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I have such a special guest on the show today, my dear friend, Susie Maldivan. She is the founder of Flybrow, a mobile eyebrow business bringing the magic and convenience of fly brows to cities, salons, and neighborhoods all across the country. It started as a passion for beauty, the currency of connection, and the ability to unlock inner beauty through external confidence with something so small as an eyebrow. And as a customer of hers, I can say it's not something small. This is a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) A licensed esthetician since 1992, Susie's vision to empower women on both sides of the chair. She teaches her online Flybrow Academy course so that her licensed estheticians can up-level their brow and business game and also franchise the flybrow brand in the future later this year flybrow will add a line of lamination and aftercare products to its current service menu which i am so excited about she was featured in forbes for her pandemic pivot of virtual brow and makeup appointments and continues to offer this service virtually to those who otherwise would not have the privilege of working with her in person flybrow has been featured in huffington post beauty independent undercover la bh courier organic Spa and Total Beauty magazines, just to name a few. When she's not busy building the Flybrow Empire, Susie is a busy celebrity and wedding makeup artist. She was nominated for an Emmy for her hair and makeup talents on the show Fab Life and has been included or inducted into the Not.com Hall of Fame for being nominated Best of in Los Angeles for over 10 years. No big deal. Her work has been featured in People, Glamour, Huffington Post Style, The Knot, and so many red carpet and television appearances. And she has a client roster, including Lady Gaga, Meghan McCain, and Mindy Kaling, just to name a few. As a child who loved to color, to this day, she is still doing what she has always loved, just on a three-dimensional canvas. Friends, please welcome my dear friend and brow sculptor extraordinaire, Susie Maldivan. Thank you, Marin. So sweet. I so appreciate it. Oh my gosh. I appreciate you. I have sent so many folks your way. Yes, I you know have. I'm, and I'm very appreciative. I'm now in Tampa, but people come to me with questions like, who is your hair person? Who is your, you know, eyebrow person? And I'm like, oh, do I have someone for you? <laughs> So we like to ask this question on the show to kind of show the journey of all of our guests to kind of see where you were versus where you are now. What was little Susie like? Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) You know, it's funny, you know, I, I reference it in the bio, my, I used to love to color. Like it was just like a thing. I used to want to do it with my friends all the time. And like, they would want to go ride bikes. Hold on. My dog, of course, just chose like the loudest toy to chew on right now. I had chicken nugget, by the way, you guys, her dog is the most adorable creature on the planet. That was like the best part of like going to get (laughs) my brows done at your place. Hi, nugget. Oh my gosh. Sunny is the fluffiest. He's the fluffiest little bun of all buns. Um, So little nugget. I love chicken nugget. Yes. So little Susie um, was artistic. Um, You know, I like I don't know. I just, I was always the girl that got everybody ready. Like when I was in college, you know, they would be like, Oh, can you just do my hair? Can you just do this? And I would just like play and do it. I didn't know how to do it necessarily. Do you have any formal training? I do. So I'm, I'm a licensed esthetician. Um, when I was in 
college and I did not have a major and my mom is European. She did not understand why you would pay for education when you have no idea what you want to do. In Europe, you, um, you know what you want to do at 14 and you go to trade school. So she could not understand why she was paying for college and I did not know what I wanted to do. So she's a licensed esthetician. She does facials and waxing and she has spent many, many years doing all of that stuff. And so I was around it my whole life. I did have some experience, you know, I would do dance classes on Saturdays next door to her salon. We were always just kind of there. Um, and then when I was in college, she wanted me to have a, a plan B, a fallback plan. So she said, go get your license, go get something you can do where you don't need a language and you don't need, you know, it, like if there's a recession or something that you can always have a, a plan B, which felt unfair to me at the time because I was a college student. And none of my friends had to go get a plan B. They were all in college pursuing their dreams because that's what we do in America. And so, you know, I went begrudgingly, but then once I was there, I realized that um, it was definitely... It, it, it was never actually something I thought I was going to use. I was, it was something I thought I was just going to do to placate my mom. And, um, and I got out of beauty school and I moved, it was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college. So then I went back to college sophomore year, moved into my sorority house and the girls were like, wait, you were in beauty school all summer? Like, what do you know how to do? And believe it or not, it all began there. I started doing brows out of the, my room in my sorority house because I, it was the one artistic thing in beauty school. Like I didn't enjoy facials. They felt too sleepy. I didn't enjoy, um, you know, some of the other arts, uh, other things that you do with your aesthetic license. I liked the artistic stuff. I liked the makeup. I liked the brows. The brows was the only thing that, you know, where you wax and you leave hair, everything else, you just take it all away. So, um, so yeah, I started doing brows in my sorority house. It was $7 per, you know, per client. And I did made every mistake known to humankind. I didn't know that you had to shape brows as a pair. I didn't know that you, you know, there was different directions of hair growth. They actually don't teach you much in beauty school. They teach you just the bare minimum, how not to poke an eye out and how to pass the test. They don't actually teach you artistry or shaping or any of that stuff. Oh my God, my dog found another squeaky toy. Hold on one second. It's totally fine. So I feel like this is like the perfect segue into Flybrow Academy because you're essentially offering the service that you kind of wish that you had in beauty school slash the skill set that you learned along the way. Is it fair That's to say? That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. So what I realized by doing, you know, by going to school, getting a license and then getting out into the world is believe it or not, once you have a license, you can go get a job at a salon. You it can be your first day and somebody's going to pay you for your services, but you don't really have much experience. Beauty school in, in the U S is 600 hours for the license that I have. It's 1600 for hair, but I think that just got lowered and it's different in every state. Um, so actually that's California. Um, so you really don't have that much time with clients. You don't have that much time to practice. So what I know is that as I've been doing this and training employees and artists and teams that you, you know, you could use so much more training and nobody, there was just no, I couldn't even take a course. There was nobody offering that kind of course. There was nobody saying like, oh, hey, you know, we want to do brows. Can we just take this extra course? So to me, Flybrow Academy was a no brainer and oh. 
he wants to be involved. This is really an interview between me and Sunny. And then (laughs) Susie, you're the guest appearance on this interview between Sunny and I. She's like, when is my moment? It's my turn. Anyway, so um, so yeah, it's something that I really love. And and then honestly, COVID changed so much. I used to teach Flybrow Academy in person. We were partnered with Dermalogica and the International Dermal Institute. And we couldn't do anything in person all of a sudden during COVID. And so it made me go record it online. So we're just in the final stages of editing. And now instead of you having to be in California, you can kind of be anywhere and you'll be able to take the course. When did you first get the idea to do a virtual class? That's my first question. And the second part of that is how long has it taken you to get to this point of almost being ready to launch it? So nothing happens quickly. I don't know if it's my own resistance or just the way that the world turns. Um, I felt like, so I first had the idea, we were sitting home. So, you know, as much as my mom set me up for a recession-proof business where people will always take care of themselves, when you touch people for a living, you are not in a pandemic-proof business. So I learned very soon and quickly that um, I was out of work for, I didn't know how long. I mean, I knew it was gonna be a few mm, weeks at the beginning, they said two weeks, you know, then all of a sudden it turned into, you know, two months and we were still closed and I couldn't open, you know, we had to sort of follow the rules of the government and we, nobody knew at the time how it was being trans, you know, transmissed or whatever that word is trans, whatever. Yeah. I didn't know what the transmission was. Thank you. How it was trans- yeah, exactly. Like people were washing their groceries. Transmissible, yeah. how it was Thank transmissible. Yeah. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding. You. Together Thank we can. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so it was just like a big question mark at the beginning. And so, um, yeah, so as we sat home, I just felt like I had all of a sudden I had all this free time and I'm not, I don't do really well with a ton of free time. I've never had a ton of free time. So all of a sudden I just had nothing but time. And I also had fear, you know, I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. If this went on, I didn't know how I was going to put food on the table. So the fear got me like constantly thinking. It wasn't like I was like watching Netflix and had my feet up eating bonbons. Like I was like, okay, wait, we've got to solve this. So during that time I thought, okay, well, um, if it's just me and a video recorder, I can be in a room safely and record Flybrow Academy. Um, So I reached out to this guy and we put it on video. And then of course the craziest thing is that like everything takes so long. So we recorded it at the beginning of COVID when, you know, it was kind of like in that fourth or fifth month when we were sitting at home, Um, but we're still editing because it like takes a long time to put a course together where you wanna make sure that like everything goes in the right order and all, then we recorded models So we needed to make sure that like the models were safe and we could take their mask off because I didn't know how long we were going to be wearing masks and I didn't want masks in an evergreen course. So there were so many elements and things to think about. But then, you know, as I sat home, I also created my own lamination products. Um, So just to back up. So yes, Flybrow is a mobile brow business. We do brow shaping and tinting, and we've added the service of lamination. I discovered lamination, which is kind of like a flat brow service. It's like it flattens your, it's like a reverse perm. It, It flattens your brows and allows them to be shaped into a new shape. 
And so I discovered it at the end of 2019 in the UK. I kind of was down the rabbit hole in Instagram and I thought, wait, why do people in the UK have better brows than we do? And I stumbled upon this service and um, I thought, wow, 2020 is going to be our biggest year. I took two different courses and then I started offering it to people over the holidays, um, figuring like, well, we'll come out in January of 2020 and we'll just have this new thing that we offer. And let me tell you, January and February and the beginning of March of 2020 were amazing. We had like all these new services that we offered and we had, it was just like insane. Um, and then March 12th happened and everything closed. So as I sat home, I was like, okay, well, now that I've been doing this service for a little while, we felt like we were at the forefront of lamination. Like not a lot of people were doing it. It was really nobody in the US that I knew of. So then I like started reaching out to companies and trying different products. And I had no, I could see that some would overprocess the brows. Some I could do a better job with. Some were healthier for the client. So for the people who are watching, not the people that are listening, um, I created, we created our own uh, lamination kit, which if I can grab the other one that's open. This one's plastic wrap. Um, so it's just a bunch of lamination products with spoolies and um, it comes in the right measurements because I was using um, one of the solutions a lot faster than the others. So this one comes in the right proportions. So if you're a professional and you're listening to this, the Flybrow Lamination Kit will also be available very soon. <laughs> Another COVID baby that happened during shutdown. That is honestly one of the coolest things about the pandemic. I mean, it's awful. And obviously it's yeah. secondarily to everyone who was, you know, sick or, you know, had to deal yeah. with illness. Um, but I feel like in the entrepreneur space, it really showed like the strong from the weak and the determined from those who maybe shouldn't be in the entrepreneurial space. It also, for the people who are still in the game, the creativity that came from it. Yeah. I mean, it's so impressive. I mean, even for, I mean, I love that you were like, I can't, I didn't have any downtime. I mean, same. I mean, we had to get so creative. Yeah. All of our in-person events were a no-go. All of our trade shows, our wholesale marketplaces, none of everything was like done. Yes. And I'm sure a lot of people are on your podcast talking about how COVID affected their businesses, but it's almost like for me, I have like BC and AC. It's like before COVID and after COVID because our entire business model changed. So like Flybrow used to go to companies. We used to go to offices. We used to go to Salesforce and Google and LinkedIn and Viacom and CBS and like the list goes on. And we used to bring the errand of brows to you. Our whole messaging was, you know, solving the work-life balance one brow at a time. <clears throat> I was a busy single mom and it mattered to me, like time is so important and brows are kind of an annoying errand and you don't necessarily have the time to go get your brows done. It's not a massage. It's not a manicure. It's like an errand that makes you feel really good, but it's not that enjoyable. So that was the way that Flybrow was born. It was born out of the need of this convenience that, you know, for me really worked with my life because I had a small child and I didn't have time to go work at a salon. And so I thought, well, if I can work when everyone else is working while my kid's in school, this is a win-win for everyone. This is a win-win for the people that work at these companies. It's a win for me because I get to work in the hours that I set and then I can still be a mom on either side of that. So it was really great. But then all of a sudden, one day in 2020, nobody went to work. Nobody went anywhere. <laughs> nobody went anywhere. But people stopped going to their offices and, and we don't have space. We don't have a brick and mortar. So then I had to be like, okay, well, what's going to work? 
And the truth is as COVID unfolded, the rules kept changing and we just kept pivoting with it. So at the beginning we were home and I started a virtual eyebrow appointment, which if you had paid me a million dollars a week before COVID started, I would have told you it would not have been possible. But I started to see stuff online. I saw a girl who did microblading showing on her iPad how she was teaching different hair strokes. I saw the, all the lives that were happening and the people that were sitting home with nothing to do but jump on Instagram live and engage with people in the community. And I was like, I think there's a marriage here. There's a marriage between you know, the Instagram lives and the virtual appointment, you know, something happens. You know, so I, I bought an iPad, which I didn't have before. And I downloaded Procreate, which is a program I'd never used before. And I did a few trial runs where people, I typed up a whole manual of like how to send me your before photos. And you would send me your before photos of your brows front side to side. And I would draw on your photos in my Procreate app and send you the map of your brow A's, B's and C's, which is how I would label all the points. And then we would get on a Zoom call that was 30 minutes long and we would do it together and we would fill in your brows first and then anything outside those lines that we drew together, you could tweeze with me on the Zoom with you. That is genius. <laughs> that it is genius. Insane. And, and I mean, not- it sounds like an insane process. It honestly sounds like, I mean, something that you could do in like 10 minutes and you're spending like hours helping right. people, but that is such a genius pivot. Thank you. And the most beautiful thing is that we started reaching people everywhere. So we started, I, I, you know, was doing appointments in Texas and in Phoenix and all the way to like Malaysia, you know, it was crazy that people that were booking appointments are hopping onto the lives. And all of a sudden I started to realize like for brand awareness, this was amazing. And as much as it wasn't like, it wasn't like a windfall, right. I could do about six appointments a day because they were 30 minutes a piece. Plus I needed downtime in between to like reset the zoom and send everybody their recorded zoom appointments. And, you know, it definitely was consuming. I sat at my desk all day long, but you know, I had lunch with my son every day in the kitchen for however many months that went on. And I was doing like about six a day for a couple months, which is kind of crazy. And so then, then when things started opening, the rule was that salons could be open, but only outdoors. So we partnered with a space that had an outdoor rooftop space. They were also trying to reopen. And I offered them, you know, we, when we book pop-ups, we book 20 people a day. So I can promise you 20 people through your space, potentially that will order a coffee or order fries or lunch or take food to go. So for a couple months while salons were ordered to be outside, we started popping up there. It's like every time they gave me a new rule, I'm like, got it. I'll take that and I will figure out a way. And it really, it showed me a lot about myself and it, it just taught me that like, whatever happens, like we're just going to keep pivoting. So now the post, the, the AC after COVID version of Flybrow is that we no longer pop up at companies because it doesn't work anymore. We now go to neighborhoods. So we've got this amazing partnership with Kiehl's. Um, it started in San Francisco where I met their regional manager and she saw that we had like crowds of people. And so we started doing it before COVID, but we did like one here and there. And now after COVID, like, you know, now that Kiehl's is offering in-store services again, we are partnered with them in Orange County, which is where I'm headed later today. Um, Austin, Texas, which one of my artists is also at today. Um, Dallas, Texas, uh, San Francisco, Manhattan Beach, Santa Monica, you name it. We're in a lot of different keels um, about once a month. 
And so that's been a beautiful partnership because, you know, it's, we bring 20 people through their doors and they get to capture them while they're sitting in tint or lamination and give them an assessment of their skin or introduce them to products they would not otherwise, um, you know, be exposed to. And at the same time, you know, they're there for a beauty appointment. So it's the same customer, the customer that's interested in their appearance and their health and wellness and self-care and all that kind of stuff. So like, and the truth is, is that Flybrow is doing better post COVID than we ever did before, because going to companies, you could get like 10 ish people at a company and that was still a good day. But then you're running around, you're parking, you're moving, you're, you know, packing up your kit over and over again at a pop-up, you just hit the neighborhood and then everybody comes to the neighborhood and most people are still kind of working remotely. So they have between the hours of 10 and five to come get their brows done. So it's so, been an interesting result post, you know, not to downplay what happened during COVID. I mean, both of my parents had it. So I definitely lived in the real part of it too. But business wise, you know, I can definitely speak to how it has benefited us in this so new amazing. world we live in. That's so amazing. So do you, how frequently do you pop up at all of those different locations? So in LA, um, we're obviously based in LA. So we are, I would say up in LA about four times a week. So we're in Brentwood every Monday, West Hollywood every other Tuesday, and then Wednesday through Saturday at Rolls. Um, there are three other artists that are doing this with me. So like my artist Bree will do Glendale and Sherman Oaks on a Saturday. Brittany is currently in Austin, Texas. Um, she also does Palo Alto monthly. Um, so we try and hit everywhere once a month. Like I'm going to Orange County today. So that's once a month. Um, but like Brentwood and West Hollywood is four times a month. So we're really gettable in LA, but the truth is, is we base it based on the cycle of your brows. So if you're shaping your brows, you don't need your brows done every day, which is why we don't need to be somewhere every single day. So it's interesting. The most popular question we get is, uh, will you get a brick and mortar? And it's so interesting because it's something I really wanted. I wanted a flagship store. I thought it would be so cute. You know, we don't have a storefront. Our Instagram is kind of our storefront. You know, we don't really have a place where you can see the brand and the branding and all that kind of stuff. But the funny thing is, is that um, I had a very interesting conversation with Sonia Rasula, who does a lot of business coaching and she has a podcast as well. And on that podcast, I said, like, one of the things I'm, I'm thinking of coming out of COVID is we might need a brick and mortar so we can tr control our own space and our own cleanliness and our own rules and all that kind of stuff. And she very poignantly said, having a brick and mortar when you're already running a successful mobile business is really about an ego. Like, don't let your ego get involved to need a brick and mortar. You have very little overhead. I mean, my overhead is so small, right? My artist's earn money and then they get paid from that. It's not, I'm not paying people to go stand around somewhere. We, you know, we have a beautiful partnership with Kiehl's. So like to get a brick and mortar would add rent. I would have to have like, keep the lights on. I'd have to pay a receptionist. I'd have to pay someone to be somewhere five to seven days a week. It's just like- we Insurance, don't taxes, workers yep. comp, all the well, We have some of that, but yes. But you know, we have it on a more freelance mobile basis. Totally. Well, even more so with those, you know, extra people. Yeah. 
That's so genius. I mean, people ask me that all the time too. They're like, when are you opening a brick and mortar? And I'm like, well, first of all, I'm a little bit of like a gypsy butterfly. I don't really Mm -hmm. want to be tied down to one area right now in my life. But Mm -hmm. I also feel like with reaching, like doing more partnerships with our retail partners, we can reach more people focusing on online. I can focus on more, I can reach more people. Like to me, that's ultimately the goal, right? Like the dream would be for everyone to have their brows by done by Flybrow and everyone to be Rocky Maricela jewelry, right? Like that's- Exactly. I mean, you're speaking my language. So exactly what you said is exactly how I feel. When I'm standing in front of clients, that's where I get my like fuel. That's where I get my connection, my juice. I love connecting with people. I love giving every client magic. Like someone will sit down and it is like, my dream to be like, how am I going to make this girl stand up or guy and feel like magic happened for them? And so that challenge and that it's just everything. It's what fuels me. And so in my mind, I'm like, gosh, if I could give this person magic, but like I live in LA, how could I give everyone in the world magic? You know, like I want to do everyone's brows in the world, but like I'm one person and I can work pretty quickly, but like not that quickly. Right. So, and that's why like Flybrow Academy, you know, is born and I just can't do it all by myself, nor do I want to. I feel like in the abundant mindset, the more you give away, the more that comes back to you. And so I really do believe that, you know, teaching and sharing and, you know, even empowering my team, like Brittany's in Austin by herself. It's not like I'm, I'm overseeing her. She does Palo Alto by herself. You know, it's a really beautiful thing to give ownership to these artists which is why I know you mentioned it in my bio at the beginning, my biggest dream would be to sort of do a licensing franchising thing where I can empower an artist to own her own business and it's a flybrow and I can teach her how to run it because then if she does really well, let's say her region is Florida, maybe she's in Tampa. And so maybe she does so well that she then hires a team underneath her. And so she then gets the experience of running her own business and she has skin in the game and she's, she owns her own sort of area and doesn't work for me, right? She works for herself. So, I mean, that's my big dream is like, I want to teach a person to fish so that they can feed themselves forever. So I love that. Well, please let me know when that happens, because I would love to support your Tampa chapter. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Oh my gosh. So where does your business sense come from? Because you are such a creative, you are so, I mean, the way that your mind works is just so incredible. And it's like such an attractive quality. I have to say, as like one of your buddies, I'm like, uh, hi, like I get to brag about my friend because her brain is unbelievable. But where does your business sense come from? So it's kind of hilarious that you think I have business sense. First of all, you I'm do. <laughs> I mean, for everyone listening, Susie's a brilliant businesswoman. Don't let her try and fool you, but yes, please continue. <laughs> Thank you. I'm blushing over here. I, you know, it's kind of funny. So both of my parents are self-employed people. My mom did her own facial business. My dad owned pet supply stores and was a jeweler, but I don't feel like I have business sense. I feel like I am a visionary. I have a vision for things and I, and my why is really about people and about connecting with people. So like, I always tell people on my team, I'm like, I'm an artist who accidentally ran a business. I, this was not my plan. Like I was never like, I'll take a business class in college. Like I was a psych major because I love people. I like talking about people and their issues and problems. And, you know, it's one of the things I do while people are in my chair. It's not something I went to school for per se, but like, it's part of my gift is I give you 
whatever it is you might be there for. You might be there, like brows are my vehicle, but connection is really my gift. And, you know, I'm also a very spiritual person and I do sometimes feel like brows is keeping my brain busy while I'm so like this, like my spirituality is kind of working through me. And so it's funny to talk about like having a business sense. I didn't learn business from anywhere. There are so many things like I talk about franchising because I can see it, but the how I have no idea. So like, I think it's going to show up. I also have faith in the universe that like things happen in divine timing. And as I do some of the things, like I can't quite see the how I can't see the finish line as to how to get these franchises up and running and how to get my artist community bigger. Cause in our Instagram, we have two audiences. We have a customer audience and an artist audience. So you know, recently I hired someone to help me. She's a consultant and she's sort of the puzzle piece to the how. She's given me a great idea, which is about starting um, a blog called Artist to Artist. And basically it's like me talking to artists about the things I can't post in Instagram. I can't be like, this is why I didn't laminate this girl's brows because they're too bushy or they grow the wrong direction. But to my fellow artists, I can talk about that stuff. And then we start this like community of sharing where we can all talk about like mistakes we've made and things that like I would have loved to have, you know, to have heard about before. And then that slowly builds the loyalty within the brand. Again, it's about giving it away because then those artists become loyal to you. And then maybe one day they get to the idea that like, yeah, maybe I do want to run a fly brow. Like, I don't know how to get that dream off the ground because I didn't like go to school and I don't know how to like get investors and I don't know how to, I don't even, I mean, I took a, a one day course on franchising because I was interested in it. I don't know how to franchise a business. And in fact, licensing might be better for me than franchising because franchising does have to do with brick and mortar and super legal. Whereas licensing, you like license a name and we're mobile and you could just be a flybrow in your city. So thank you for saying that I have business sense. I think what I have is I'm a dreamer. Like and, and because my why is about helping other people, I feel super driven. Like I was saved by this business. I was, I became a single mom when my son was 19 months old and I had no choice but to put food on the table. So I had to figure out how to work and do something. And I was a hustler at the beginning, nothing was flowing, right? Like I was doing brows in my mommy and me groups and I was going anywhere to sort of find clients. And then in between you know, while he was napping, I would go to salons on Ventura Boulevard and I would sell handbags out of my trunk and like, you name it, I did whatever it took. But I, what I know is that as I, as I was in my flow and as I started listening to the things that were working and as I started paying attention, like more gifts would drop in. So like the whole pivot during COVID, like that was a gift. I was just paying attention, but it dropped in because I was paying attention. So I have a feeling that if I keep paying attention to the flow at this point, that I'll also be able to figure out how to do the next pieces because I don't have the answer yet, but I do believe it will show up if I just keep at it. If I keep my channels open and I keep my why in the front of my reason for doing brows and for doing all the things that I do believe that the, the how will just show up and it will make sense. I mean, even right now, like people are like, oh, you know, it's so funny when people look at your Instagram, they're like, you're killing it. You're in every city. I'm like, are we? I don't <laughs> I'm like, you know, my schedule is like so tight. I just like took my son to school right before we hopped on here. Like sometimes it doesn't feel like I'm killing it. I feel like I'm like hanging on for dear life. Um, 
I think that's entrepreneurship, of course, but I do, you know, it's so interesting, like from appearances, it looks like I like know what the heck I'm doing, but really I'm just like going like kind of hanging on, you know, by the seat of my pants. I'm just kind of like, okay, well, this is what's working today. But if I look back, hindsight is always our vision, right? If you look backwards, Flybrow is five years old. So in the last five years, you know, I've gone from doing brows in my kitchen and baby groups to like now doing brows all over the U.S. So that's pretty great. But like, I still don't know how I'm going to keep it going. I don't know how it's going to be sustainable because, you know, mama's tired. So, um, you know, I really do want to share it and grow it beyond me. I, you know, I don't want to hold it all for myself at all. So we must have met just as you were kind of starting the flybrow movement, because we met at a women's networking event, I want to say around like four years ago, maybe five. Yeah, I started. So I was doing mobile brows as just like a random girl named Susie who would like go to your office. And I didn't have a name to my company, excuse me, for about 10 years. So from when my son was like two to 12, I was like, kind of just randomly piecing my life together. And that's when I was doing a ton of weddings and a ton of makeup and I was traveling with a client. And it was when I was on Fab Life that I met the producers there. Actually, back up. My real, real mentor in life is Jane Werwand, who's the founder of Dermalogica. She's an incredible visionary and she's like the goal for all visionaries. And I met with her a few times and she's like, I think you need a name to your brow business. And I was like, really? But like every other brow company is that person's name. You know, I've got Damone and Anastasia and Kelly Baker. Like that's all just those people. And she's like, I feel like you're going to grow it bigger than that. I think you need a name. So I didn't hear her at the time. And then years later, I was um, working on Fab Life and I was talking to the producers and I, it just hit me. Like people were like, oh, you have a mobile brow business. What's it called? And I was like, I mean, doesn't have a name and then another person would be like oh what's it called and I was like I think the universe wants me to name my company so and then again it's like I made a list of the worst names you've ever heard in your entire life and they were like part my name or my initials like nobody needs a brow business named anything after Moldovan it's terrible (laughs) so like so it just started started to happen and I you know, started to like spitball names and then flybrow literally dropped in it was like I was telling a client that I wanted it to be fly and I wanted it to you know, communicate mobile. And I wanted it to communicate all these things. And I'm like, I just want it to be like flybrow. And I was like, wait, pause. I texted my brother. I'm like, is the domain available for flybrow? And he texted back. Yes. And I'm like, pause. I need to buy a name right now. Right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so it just very organically happened, but Jane Werwand is the one that gave me the idea that I needed to name my business, but I didn't hear her for about two years. And then on Fab Life, the producers of that show allowed me to have a segment, but like I needed to announce something. So on the segment, I did a whole segment of brows on the show. And then at the end, I was like, you know, Flybrow, it's going to be in San Francisco and LA and New York. And I, they were like, okay, cut. And I'm like, did I just say that out loud on camera? Like we, we weren't anywhere yet. So we, I was just launching the Instagram. So it was kind of hilarious. I was like, damn, I just said that out loud. And then, you know, a few years later, we were in New York and San Francisco and it all did happen. And that is how we manifest, friends. I feel (laughs) like this is another true testament to the statement, you know, an overnight success takes 20 years or takes Mm -hmm. 10 years or something. I mean, you've Mm -hmm. been at this for a very long time. I too have been making jewelry since before I can remember. And I think that people would look at either of our Instagrams and be like, wow, they're crushing, they're killing it. Like, you know, and 
as, as you should be right. Because you've put in so many hours and so much Mm -hmm. time and so much blood, sweat and tears and love. I mean, it's such a labor of love that, I mean, I can't imagine you being, you know, anywhere else, but how successful you have been or how successful you are and with so much more success to come in the future. I mean, it's really, really so inspiring and, um, and really impressive to see that you have been at this for so long. Cause I think that it's, we're very tempted to switch careers and switch, you know, ideas and everyone has like, you know, this golden ticket idea, but you've been steadfast with your craft for nearly two decades, if not longer. I appreciate you say that. Yeah. So it's, I got my license a long time ago. I don't want anyone to do the math. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been licensed since 1992, so I've definitely been doing brows for a really long time. I, you know, there's a couple things that you mentioned there. One of those things is it's been a tumble, right? Like I just keep tumbling towards what's working. It was never my plan. I also feel like we have a niche. So like I, I used to try and do everything, you know, I used to try and do like all the things and all the services. And I realized like brows is my thing and it's okay to be super niche. I think niche is what makes you special because then people come to you for your special thing and they don't come to me for a facial and their brows. That's not to say that people who do facials can't also do brows. Those are the people I'm trying to train to do better brows because their niche might be skincare or facials. So I, um, and I also think the thing about what you just said is if you're a driven person, your goalposts keep moving. So my goal might've been to run a brow business that was in LA in a couple businesses. Then I was like, wait, maybe I need to have artists with me. Wait, maybe then I need to do this. I mean, one of the greatest things last year is, you know, last year was crazy. It was 2020, it was COVID. We still beat our fiscal goals from the year before, which was insane. So then last year I was like, okay, this is insane. But like, I want to do double the following year. I mean, I just moved my goalpost so far that I could barely throw a ball at it. But we're coming in, you know, we're rounding the corner now in October and like, I think we might hit it, which is crazy. But so like, then I'm now I'm afraid of myself. So I'm like, I should move the goalpost again <laughs> because if I move the goalpost, but that's like what happens. So like, as you're saying, like, you know, every overnight success is 10 years in the making is the truest statement ever because and then we just keep moving our goalposts. So like, when are we ever going to be there? Right. Never. I don't know. Never. never. The answer is never. Which is so true. But the, the other thing I'll say to that is um, I do have fantasies of like an easier life. So there is definitely something out there for me in the future. Once I grow this to a certain point where I'm not as in the business anymore, I really would love to be more on the business, more on the licensing and the teaching. I think that's where my gifts are really going to be served because I really love the clients and the people and the connections and the interactions, but the pace at which I move and work right now, it's just not sustainable. And so it makes me have these fantasies where I like wake up in the morning and I do yoga and then I meditate and I read a book and I walk along the beach and I'm like, this is going to be my life. (laughs) But honestly, in all fairness, that is still a goalpost. Like, and when you're in that reality, your goalpost will shift as well. And that's not to say that, you know, the goal is better or worse. It just shifts. It pivots. You will continue to pivot. I appreciate you saying that. I really appreciate you saying that because that's actually a beautiful way of looking at it, which is that it's just another goalpost. 
I think sometimes we overvalue the hustle. And I say 100%, that a hundred percent. Yeah. Like it's been happening to me lately because obviously every time you open my Instagram, like I'm somewhere else. So like last week I was in San Francisco and then this week I'm in West Hollywood and today I'll be in Orange County. And so when people see me, they're like, how are things so busy? Right. And I was like, oh my God, so busy. And then their answer is, well, busy is good. And it makes me think like, when did we decide that? When did we decide that busy is good? I do think the alternative is terrible, right? To be not busy is you're not in your flow, right? So something's not going right or well for you and you're not focused on the right thing. So yes, I'm so grateful for the busy, but I also am super aware of balance. And I really do think that balance needs to be more of value that we talk about, which is actually funny too, because balance is not actually a word I believe in. (laughs) Me neither. More of like rhythm. You're trying, you're talking about rhythm. You're talking about flow. Right. It's more of a juggle. I feel like, you know, you toss one ball in the air and then you catch the next one. So I do think like life's a bit more of a juggle than balance. Balance makes me feel like I'll never get there and I'm just going to fail at balance forever. So yeah, like just staying in the flow and staying in the, in the vibe of what's happening, but also really working on self-care and, um, you know, making sure, because like, that's the business I'm in. I'm in the business of self-care. If I'm not modeling self-care for myself, then I come to the table empty and I can't do a good job. So what does self-care look like for you? So I've been trying lately to say no to some work. Um, I'm going to do a much better job of it next year. I'm going to be way more selective with the weddings that I take and things like that, because you have to realize what happens to me is that I work Monday through Friday and flybrow and then weddings are on weekends and then all of a sudden it's Monday again and I'm like you know half dead laying on the sidewalk (laughs) (laughs) so um self-care for me is really about I do a lot of um I like get massages often because I stand all day and I stand with my arms above my head and if I don't let someone like massage me for a little bit and do you say I said let someone (laughs) um if I don't like allow that into my life as part of my self-care like I feel like my body will break down and my body is my vehicle it's like what I need to be successful and to work and move through the world not in pain and you know not you know less than I should be so self-care is that um, self-care is saying no to work on the weekends Um, it's really it's been a challenge for me but I'm getting much better at it and just about being selective with my time. I mean, there are days for sure I wake up and I'm like, well, I have nothing today. And then now I feel guilty for saying no to that person because I could have done it. But also like, you know, I would love to just go hang out on the beach or journal. I mean, there's so much I love about my free time. I do love to read. I love journaling. I love being with my friends, connecting. Um, there's so much joy. I do love yoga. I love Soul Cycle. Like there's so Doing many podcast interviews. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love so, it. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably could get better at self-care, but I think every business owner can say the same thing. Totally a hundred percent. But I also will give an example of, you know, my family was in town last minute this past weekend and, you know, I drove, I want to say like three to four hours to go visit them. And I had like an enormous amount of work, an exorbitant amount of work, but I was like, you know, my girlfriend, Annie Tavlin says we all die with a full inbox. And I was like, you know, we all die with a full inbox. I went there totally. and I ended up chatting with my cousin and his company's going to end up financing my, you know, a really big PO that I have. So it all happens for a reason. Like sometimes you have to take a break and just focus on yourself for other things in your words to drop in and to get clarity and to just enjoy life. 
That's absolutely right. And I do think it's kind of like prayer to me is speaking and meditating is listening. And I Mm -hmm. think that if you can stop and have those spaces, you can actually hear and you can actually um, like receive your gifts. I think sometimes we do, we spin and we move so quickly. Like today is one of those days for me. I'm like not proud of it, right? I had like school drop off and then we're chatting and then I've got to be in Orange County and then I have a dinner and it's just like, you know, I'm a, a bit of a tumble. So today's not the day I'm going to meditate even though I really need it today. But maybe, you know, on my drive, I can listen to something that would be inspiring or something that would help me feel a little more centered and grounded because just as you said, everything happens the way it's supposed to. I'm a big say yes to life person. Like at the end of my life, I just want to skid skid into the finish line, kind of bent and broken. Um, <laughs> Leave and it all on the table. Leaving it all on the table. I feel like that will be a life very well lived. I love that. Well, I could do this for hours and hours. We could make a series out of us chatting. I feel like we have so much to learn from you, but somehow it's been an hour already. Where can our listeners find you and how can we support you? Thank you so much for asking. Um, So the Flybrow Instagram is just at Flybrow. And um, I'm also, I also have a separate Instagram. If you want to follow makeup things and hair things, I sometimes chat about that, which is at Susie Moldovan, which is just my name. And um, yeah, we have like some fun, exciting things coming up that I don't even like know where to begin talking about, but I'm excited. And, you know, really, if I would ask for anything from the audience, it would be about sharing this obviously with people in different cities, but also like with artists, because I'd really love to grow our artist community. And everybody, you know, if you're not an artist, you at least you're getting your brows done somewhere. You have an artist who's doing something that maybe could benefit from a course or a product or something. And then she gets to do your brows, but she'll be trained by me or he. That is so amazing. Thank you so much for being here today. I adore you. I miss you so much. I, I can't I wait to too. come. I can't wait for you to open up the Tampa chapter. And I also can't wait to come visit you again in LA to get my brows done. I know. I can't wait to see you either. And from your mouth, the Tampa chapter. <laughs> yes manifest manifest I love you thank you for everything thank you Marin so much thank you for having this podcast also like kudos to you for all the things you're building and doing I mean this is no small feat thank you it is so much fun and it's just such a pleasure to introduce people in my life in my Rolodex and also friends of friends um to my community because it's not just jewelry it's so much more than that it's Um, true and I know and love a lot of people in your Rolodex so it's a good community it is. I love, I love our people so much. Mm-hmm. Well, holy smokes, folks, that interview was so fly. A special thank you to Susie Moldovan for coming on the show. Another big thank you to our hosts at Dash Radio and our producers at Island City Media. If you liked this episode, you can listen to it again on Spotify and Apple Podcasts forevermore. Please a, re- a review so we can continue bringing you the people and conversations that you love. Lastly, if you want to connect with me offline, you can find me at Marin Costello and Marin Costello Radio on Instagram. Have a beautiful day, everyone, and we will see you next week on Marin Costello Radio. <laughs> right back at ya. It's the world's most talented record label. Murder <laughs> And that angelic voice you hear in the background. Oh, that's our new princess of hip-hop and all this. Yeah, Mr. Shanti. <laughs>
Just run.